Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. It's me, Sam, famed and beloved co-host of um, Notable Podcast Radio Lab that you're currently listening to. I'm here with a little announcement, and that is that I am doing a solo show called Club Comic at the Bell House in Brooklyn on February 17th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, tickets are available now. This show is beloved by me. <laughs> I uh, used to do it before the pandemic and um, it's like club tracks and videos and stand up. And yeah, it's a pun club comic. Get it. Uh, but it's it's always really fun. And I was like, should I bring it back? I'm, I'm a different person now that the global pandemic and everything. But then I was like, wait, no, I didn't change it all. I'm actually the exact same person. Um, so I'm bringing it back to the Bell House February 17th. And I couldn't be more excited. So get tickets. I look forward to seeing your gorgeous but tastefully flawed faces there. Okay, enjoy the episode. Bye bye. Okay, wow. Um, podcast starts now. Hello, all. Welcome to Stradio Lab. What a huge day it is um, for the community. <laughs> I really wanted to see where you were taking that. How are you today? Oh, how am I? Yeah. Um, well, I'm fine. I, um, I am, you know, I did break my New Year's resolution today. Oh, shit. What was it? Well, I was I was waking up earlier, and oh. today I threw it out the window and woke up yeah. at sort of the nine thirty space again. Nine thirty is not terrible. It's not terrible, but I. What did do you break... consider early? Well, it's just, the difference is small, but my goal is to wake up at eight thirty. Oh, sure. No, the difference is I think there's a world of difference between eight thirty and nine thirty. Eight thirty is like so. It's tough because it's hard to get up at 8.30, but you still don't get even the credit. Like, people are still like, oh, 8.30? Uh, you know, some people have to be at work at 8.30. Yes. No, and you're absolutely like... right. <laughs> I think 
I mean, of course, the dream is seven thirty. Of course, when I'm, you know, I know I'm supposed to wait. I know I'm supposed to wait, but I want to be a part of this conversation. <laughs> please, please, please. So, okay, is a New Year's resolution to wake up early every day for the rest of your life? Is That's the goal a great question. To, like, honestly, every day for the rest. I'm Bob the drag queen. Everyone. <laughs> Is the goal to every day for the rest of your life wake up early or is it like wake up early more often? It's wake up early more often, but like I at least wanted to commit to it for like the month of January. Like I wanted to like, you know how you have to create a new habit? You have to like for those do of it, you like... listening, we are recording on uh, the 9th. We made it's it nine. nine days in. This thing made day, it a little but... over a week. But <laughs> last week they... I was Bo so good. Yeah. Both Sam so and I good. have the most tepid New Year's resolutions. Like we're like, well, we're not drinking on weekdays, but of course, Friday <laughs> through Sunday night doesn't count. Like we're waking up at eight thirty when we want to. Like, like my goal is to like just take deep breaths. From yeah, time to it's time. truly like I'll work out three days a week, and walking counts. <laughs> None of it. I um I had a friend back in P town who was like, "Well, I've I've stopped drinking." She was like, "Why well, I, I stopped drinking this summer?" And we were, and we were like. A bunch of drag queens in the, in the dressing room were like, girl, you, you had a drink during the show. Yeah. Goes, no, no, no. I drink during the show. But other than that, I don't drink. And then someone's like, but you also had a shot during the show. Well, I don't know. I have a shot and a, but only during the show. Someone buys me a drink during the show. I'll drink that. But other than that, I don't drink. And they're like, and you also had a glass of wine before the show. Yeah, well, I have to drink before the show. But besides that, I'm not my, I'm not drinking this summer and I feel better. And we're like, girl, you're drinking right now. Well, I have a glass of wine after the show. <laughs> Also, she does like five. She does shows five days a week. So it's like, girl, what? What is? Yeah, that's a yeah, lot. Yeah, that's drinking. a lesson I had to learn. To, where you, you're sort of like, well, if I'm performing, that counts as a weekend. Well, I think what she boiled down to was she doesn't drink at home on right. Sunday anymore. Yeah, and that <laughs> yeah, was her. Exactly. That was, and she said, I, and I stopped. Well, I stopped drinking. <laughs> And cheers to that. And cheers and to that, cheers mama. To that. Um, so, uh, George, actually, I have to blow up George's spot, too, because I've mm. shamed myself for breaking my resolution. Yes. But we are not drinking on weeknights. And last week, we were, which was January 5th, <laughs> January 4th. It was, it was fully January 5th or 4th, yeah. Uh -huh. And George was like, well, we're recording in person. Do you want to get a drink after we record? And it was like, no, we have been doing this for three days. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. we have to push through. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were also doing no drinking on weekdays. So I did. So I sort of didn't know I was blowing my stuff. I was like, oh, do I was filling out the waters. I was like, do you want to get a drink? And we're like, no, I'm not drinking on weekdays. And then I said, oh, me neither. But I thought we could make an exception. <laughs> That's the equivalent of putting that T in your, um, that capital T in your grinder profile. Like, I'm just testing the waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If anyone else here wants to party with a capital T, I'm not saying I do, but if someone does, <laughs> I could be willing to party with a capital T. I and gotta that's say, a, and that's what gay culture is, knowing yes. what partying with a capital T is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's well, it's also the standards are so different where it's so And easy. we're not gonna explain it. If you're here no. and you're listening, you don't know what partying with capital T is, you know what? Google it, Mary. We're yeah. not do your research. Yeah. We're not yeah, here to have fun. You. And have fun uh, trying to Google uh, with caps lock with you know capital versus lowercase letters. Yeah. And, and trying also, to try to get also a result fun, that makes sense. Fun fact. Yeah, just just like when you were just like when you decided to be an anti vaxxer do your own research. Yeah, mm -hmm. do your own research. <laughs> That's, I, that, that is a that is a, a, a red flag for me. As someone saying, "Well, I did my own research." That is a, in 2023. That is a red flag for me. It's true. I mean, we we live in an information uh, economy, and yet you can't be doing your own research. You should not be doing your own research. No, I mean, at this point, I don't even trust researchers because I'm like, well. 
I know it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. Where it's like someone can be like a senior research, researcher at Harvard. And I'm like, that sounds fishy. Yeah. It sounds like you're obsessed with finding your own research. Did your own research? I did my own research. <laughs> I mean, I half respect you know at least they're 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 in their intellectual era yes it's completely misinformed but they're learning how to use the computer they're practicing their typing skills and we have to celebrate the little wins you know and also it's easy to get on your high horse like i think you know i sort of have in the past worked in you know journalism or whatever and i feel i feel like i'm sort of um on the lookout for misinformation and then i'll find myself just reading a tweet and i believe it immediately Oh, I mean, like, well, it has a lot of likes, as we true. Yeah, <laughs> I okay. This is my misinformation thing. Um, it's a great drag name, by the way. <laughs> I there's a burrito in my neighborhood that I've had over like a oh, hundred yes. times that I have hated. I've never enjoyed this burrito, and I saw a single TikTok that was like the best breakfast burrito in Bushwick, and that was on the list. And I was like. Okay, now I like that breakfast burrito. And now I get that burrito like once a week and I go, mmm, this is so good. I yeah. hated this burrito forever. And now I saw one like underqualified 23 year old saying they liked it and I'm obsessed. <laughs> well, to be fair, you did do research before the 23 year old. You did a lot of research. You had the burrito practically multiple times a week. Yeah. Almost every day. <laughs> so you did the field research. So there's an, maybe there's a chance that you initially, I'm going to throw this out there, maybe you initially liked the burrito, mm -hmm. but mm. then you grew too comfortable you grew accustomed to her face you know what i mean sure and sure. then after a while you were like this burrito really ain't shit and then someone else came along and was like man that burrito looks sexy and you were like whoa whoa whoa, that's my burrito actually you know what it is a nice burrito as a matter of fact yeah me and the burrito had to open up the relationship in order for me to see it as sexy again yeah well you also you did your own research but then you know that a 23 year old on tiktok is an expert so you have to trust <laughs> the experts over your own research like like yes you did you're you're actually being responsible you're sort of like you did your own research and decided you were QAnon, but then you listened to <laughs> fauci and decided no actually i am gonna get vaccinated exactly yeah, yeah. that's so true i think 23 years are the future the 23 well technically yeah technically. yeah <laughs> well how old are you Shh. um no i'm 33 33 and congratulations there's nothing better than someone being like i don't want to tell you my age i'm old and then finally you're older than them they're like i'm <laughs> yeah, a decrepit yeah. monster please don't ask me i'm 24 <laughs> <laughs> well that's um so the the sex in the city episode where she's like 27 god i'm old or whatever the fuck and it was carrie's like 35th birthday in the corner and no one came <laughs> genius genius show Credit where credit's due. You know, I never saw Sex and the City. Really? People, every, people gag about that every time. I never saw Sex and the City. Even to this day? I see one episode of Sex and the City. Do you feel like you basically get, if I had told you, like, I'm such a Charlotte or I'm such a Samantha, you still no. basically, you don't? No. No, I have no clue. Wow. Wow. I don't I don't even know which one Sarah Jessica Parker was. Well, you know, I'll say this, Bob, savor it, because it is so <laughs> rare to, to not have to pollute your brain with pop culture stuff. When I don't know something, I it makes me so happy. Well, I love pop culture stuff. I just you know what it is? The show doesn't it doesn't seem funny. Like it's not a comedy. Is it a comedy? It's kind of well, funny. It's kind you know, of funny. It's sort of it's funny if you think it's like it's it's gonna be like Samantha tasting someone's uh spunk, as she calls it, and 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 the whole narrative and the whole plot line of the episode is like that this guy's spunk tastes weird. But also, like, when you come from the world like Will and Grace and Golden yeah. Girls, I don't think it's going to be funny. You're going to be like, No, uh -huh. it's not a sitcom. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. 
And like, it's also like Will sort and Grace of, is hilarious. Like, I'm just like guffawing. Listen, the show. you do not have to tell me. Will and Grace, talk about uh, something that Gen Z needs to rediscover <laughs> the way that they rediscovered Friends. Will and Grace is so much better than people give it credit for. Yeah, it's a great, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writing. And I'll say this about Will and Grace, which I think is kind of incredible and no one talks about it, is that because of whatever chapter our culture was in at the time, so many very straight very masculine celebrities guest starred as gay people yeah. I, like i'm truly like michael douglas matt damon like people that now you would even consider like almost homophobic adjacent were playing like will's love interests in will and grace but also gay people playing straight ellen yes. degeneres as a yes. nun i mean yeah. ellen degeneres as a nun is genius one of the most genius uh well, there are two that come to mind. Glenn Close playing Annie Leibovitz. She plays like an Annie Leibovitz character where mm -hmm. the whole thing is that she go, she's like really low energy and then will go to the bathroom and come back having done drugs is the sort of implication. And then mm -hmm. she'll be like, you look great. Yes, come here. And then like be a whole, you know, play a sort of uh, a hyper photographer. And then the other one is Sharon Stone playing a bitchy therapist. Well, let's also not forget Madonna. Yes. Wait, was it Mad Madonna, Madonna playing as Karen's roommate. Yes, which was a great moment. I mean, there are just so many iconic moments from Will and Grace. Uh, just the show is just amazing. Sam, your silence speaks volumes. <laughs> Leslie Jordan playing a yeah. closeted homosexual, a closeted blatant homosexual. Amazing. And his business associate, Benji. Yeah, the show is good. Now, now Sam, have you not seen? Um, I've seen a little. Not seen... I've seen a little. I like it. That, I just that, don't. That have... means you've not seen a little. I just don't have the encyclopedic of sort of, course. I can't like say who was where and when, you know? I gotta say, if you haven't seen Will and Grace, I'm gonna assume you were at the Capitol on January 6th. That, that's a fair <laughs> assumption, in my opinion. That is a, that, that, that uh, you know, the not watching Will and Grace, the January 6th Capitol <laughs> pipeline is a straight line. I, okay, wait, I'm curious when you like, so there's all this and just like that discourse, like, so you just like are able to read a book on those days, like, I just don't participate because I don't I don't get it and I yeah. don't understand why why uh, the one lady not coming back was a big deal and I I don't I don't and none of it makes sense to me you know what honestly what it is because I didn't have any pay cable shows when I was a kid so HP anything on HBO Showtime Cinemax or RIP Cinemax um, anything that was on those channels I did Disney anything you had to pay extra to get I did not watch as a kid I watched Sex and the City on uh, MegaUpload.com or whatever. Wow. <laughs> You and were, I, I rented the the DVDs from the video store. You two not. were, you two went to went through hell and high water. We really, you were like, we, yeah. You, you were like Tim Robbins and Shawshank Redemption, Literally. falling through <laughs> miles and miles of poop just yeah. to see Samantha, <laughs> yeah. have mimosas. And by the way, don't get me started on how I watched Queer as Folk because you better believe oh it was the link that gave my computer viruses. <laughs> <laughs> The way that like I can consume... wait, so Sam, you went through all that to watch Sex and City, but you couldn't just turn the channel to watch Will and Grace. You couldn't just <laughs> yeah, tune was... in at six o'clock to <laughs> yeah. watch Will and Grace. No, uh, <laughs> it was Sex and City. It was it was like porn. It was like horny. I was. Why like... do you hate Sean Hayes? <laughs> what do you have against Deborah Messing? I cannot believe you and Deborah Messing are in a public feud right now. Everyone, <laughs> hashtag it right now. Oh my God, I would love it if you were in a feud with Deborah Messing. That would do such great things for our numbers. I know. Wow. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll come out and say it. Yeah. Deborah yeah. and I don't speak anymore. Then yeah. she knows why. <laughs> what do you think Deborah's topic would be if she came on the show? Probably hair dye. Hair dye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, probably hair dye. I feel like she would go, she would take it really seriously and her topic would be like toxic masculinity. Oh my God. Do you remember the show where she was a judge? Yes. Was it, what was it called? Mysteries of Laura. Yeah, yeah. She was a judge. Like She was like a judge, but also a mom. Yeah, it was one of those <laughs> classic shows that couldn't decide if it was a comedy or a drama. So like one of the storylines would be like her dealing with her divorce and the other one would be like, she slipped. <laughs> It's like, yes, I'm a judge, but I'm also a mother, yeah, as yeah. if that's not a, an incredibly common <laughs> yes, thing. Yeah. Like, a, a lot of judges are mothers. Yeah. Like, like a lot of them. And the poster is, like, her holding a gavel with one hand and holding a diaper in the other. <laughs> it, I, it, I think it's fair to say probably most of the women who are judges are probably also moms. <laughs> well, I mean, that's my favorite genre, actually, is, like, when women are, like, in Arrival, I think it was, like, she's like, yeah. well, I'm the top scientist in my field. And I'm mm -hmm. single. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this about being a judge specifically. It seems, and sorry if I'm speaking out of turn for any judges that are listening. It seems to me like actually one of the jobs where you would have a pretty good work-life balance. That's true. Like she's not an ER surgeon. Does anyone know a judge? My aunt is a sort of municipal judge, but in a in Greece where my family is from, not here. So I don't know how that translates. But my I'm boyfriend's gonna, yeah. grandma's a judge, or my boyfriend's grandpa, some grand person in my mm -hmm. boyfriend's family was a judge. Was I mean, as in dead, not like got uh, disbarred. I mean, okay. but dead died a long time ago. He's not like torn up about it. <laughs> it wasn't like last week. I mean, it does seem like kind of an ideal job. Yeah, a I mean, judge. Yeah. yeah, like you just get to like decide. And then you have a little thing that you can hit for drama. But if wait, what? It was my uncle and he retired. Oh, oh, oh! It was uncle and his uncle is alive and retired. So, <laughs> oh, okay. If, if Judge Ritz is listening, <laughs> Jacob's like, that's not his name. What was his name? <laughs> we like, we don't want to put his name out there. No, put him on blast. <laughs> judge redacted. <laughs> judge redacted. <laughs> but he's a retired judge now. Um, wow. if, if, so if you're listening out there, if you're, if you're Jacob's uncle, you know who you are. Mm. If you're listening, sorry for saying you died and that you were Jacob's <laughs> grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah, sorry. You aren't that old. You are not dead. <laughs> um, you know, I have to, I'm just, my condolences to your boyfriend. Um, you know, it must have been hard having an uncle that was also a judge. I can't imagine <laughs> juggling that. And and that was dead for like three minutes on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. He should, they should make a, a show about his life, about juggling being a judge and an uncle. And sometimes dead. <laughs> and sometimes dead. An undead uncle. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch that. And you know what? And uh, they could get Deborah Messing to play him in Boy Drag. <laughs> I love that. Did you see Deborah Messing in Bros? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was funny. I thought she was, was great. Yeah. yeah, she was good. Yeah, she was good. It was, it was a small role. Yeah. Big break for her, though. I think it was <laughs> probably the one thing she did last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her career her career defining moment was yeah. being in bros. Yeah. Not, Although not she her did Emmys from. Did she win an Emmy for Will and Grace? Let's she definitely won an Emmy. She must have. I think all four of them won an Emmy at some point. Um, I will say Deborah Messing last year was in a, I think, off Broadway show called Birthday Candles, where she played a woman aging 60 years during the course of the play. Deborah Messing has uh, one, two, three, four, five, six Emmys. Wow. Whoa. Just hang, all hanging out in her home. All from her appearance on Bros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a monster. You're, you're ridiculous. I love that. Wow. Bob, um, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I think I asked if I have any Emmys, and the answer is no. Mm. Um, do I have any? No, I don't have any New Year's resolutions. No, no, no. 
I think ultimately I don't either, if we're being honest with one another. Well, I mean, I kind of have one. My my kind of my resolution was kind of to just uh, stop like hating. I don't want to make any more decisions about like trying to change my body. Every year I start the year being like, I'm going to change my body and it never changes. In fact, it just gets worse and worse as time gets on. And I, my relationship with it is not growing in a positive direction. I'm not getting skinnier. I'm not getting more hair. I'm not getting my knees aren't getting better. My voice isn't sounding younger and fresher. So I'm just trying to stop making decisions being like, I got to change this about my body, knowing I'm never going to change it. I mean, that is sort of the perfect resolution. I uh, think that's pretty I don't, smart, actually. I, sadly, I don't know if I, I'm like, will I ever be there when I can confidently make that resolution? Well, how old are you? I'm 31. You can confidently make the resolution, but can you confidently make the change? Right. Like, have you ever, have you ever majorly changed your body? Like, no, really changed I, your body? No, it, and I actually think a big part of, well, actually, yes, I have. I, I was, um... There was a point in my 20, I was very overweight in high school. And then there was a point where I like lost a lot of weight, probably if I'm being honest in an unhealthy way, but then sort of, uh, you know, bounced back and found some, some happy medium. But then since then I've sort of had this dream that I will really commit to working out at some point. I never have. It's now been like almost yeah, 10 years since that happened. I think there are some people in the world who are just those kind of people and people who just are not. And yeah. I think I'm not one of those people. I'm 36 now. I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30. And I think it's fair to say that since I've been 18, I've been trying to be someone who just really works out and yeah. really wants to get jacked. But I, I don't have the fortitude. I'm not that girl. I never will be that Girl, I have definitely majorly changed my body, but just slowly over the years. Totally. Like, yeah, when I, when I used to be 185 pounds, I've gained 60 pounds since then. That's my major change, but it's been over the course of, like, 18 years, you know? It's tough when it is all around you. Like, I, I almost feel like, you know, the older you get, the more you should be more uh, – have more of a sense of perspective. And I feel like I'm – it's almost like the opposite is true. I notice more and more people around me that look like Instagram models. Am I wrong? Yeah, but how many of your friends are truly jacked? There's never seen someone who's being skinny. Like I have friends who are just skinny, but that's not like they're it's not through any particular effort no, of, of theirs. They're, they're, they're just skinny people. Yeah. But how many of your friends are like jacked? Like if I think of my friends who are like truly jacked, I have like I think two friends like that. Yeah. Two. Like Mateo Lane is jacked. Yes. And my friend Mitch Farino is jacked. Everyone else is like skinny, mm -hmm. fat, or somewhere in between. Yeah, I guess it's less, I think for Sam and me, and maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but I think it's, we do have a few close friends that are Jack, like Joel and, you know, who, yeah. you know, whatever we have, yeah. we have. But then I think a lot of our sort of, you know, people that we're one level removed from are Jack. It's like, we'll see our one friend in a photo with 16 Jack people. And we're like, wait, they have this whole other friend group and they're all Jack. And when they want to hang out with their Jack friends, they go to their Jack friends. And when they want to hang out with their normal friends, they hang out with us. Oh yeah, you're not, invited to hang out with the jack it's Are crazy you crazy i mean first and it's never addressed don't, don't bring your average body around the jack guys <laughs> ew it's actually it's nuts because it's, it's never addressed they're not even these people are not mean in fact they're very no, nice very kind. i've met them. everyone's kind and, and i'm like okay I mean, so everyone's nice this, enough i mean everyone's mean <laughs> and nice but this is like there really is this unspoken agreement whether it's like People have their jacked friends and people have their normal friends. And if they're feeling jacked, they go with their jacked friends. And if they're feeling like they could use a break and have a glass of wine, they hang out with us. Yeah, I was at a birthday party the other day and it was like a bunch of us like hanging out all very well one of the one of the people in the group is like kind of buff but like kind of doughy buff. Like a mm -hmm. like he's like a strong guy, but it's like got a lot of fluff on it. And then this one guy walked in who was like an Instagrammy, and he was like tall and like 
I remember the first time I saw him, he was like go-going at a party. And I was like, this guy has a huge ass and a great body. So then one of those walked in. We were all like, oh, hey, we a, a, a buff is here. There's a buff here, guys. There's a buff here. And we're not going to, no one's going to talk about the buff being here, being buff. Yeah. We're going to treat the buff like a normal person. And we, we did a pretty good job of treating the buff like a very normal person. And then the buff left. <laughs> then we continued our night, but it, it didn't feel good. It was it was like the, what you said, like the, the 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 jacked came over to the normies and was like, let's hang out for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it it's almost a vacation. Like... <laughs> if you're a jacked and you're listening to this podcast, please uh, hashtag uh, jacked outreach program. Yeah, explain. Yeah. Yourself. Let us know. Well, I I've been put in this position recently where it's like the domestic friend, and I'm like. I was horrified to find out that I was like the person you go to to like have a calm night. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm crazy. I'm a nightmare. And it was like, they were like, oh, it's just finally, it's nice to like get out of the scene for a second and like have a nice dinner. <laughs> and I was like, oh. No, because I get crazy. I have a Mountain Dew Plus and I start knitting. Yeah. I get <laughs> wild. It was shocking to me. Um, well, but... just so you guys, I know you guys think I'm normal, but I have recently switched from Coke Zero to regular Coca-Cola. So. <laughs> it's really like, yeah, I, I'll protest too. I mean, I, that was uh, the case with New Year's this year where I really wanted to be someone who's just like out till 6 a.m. And then I was. it ended up where we were truly eating lasagna. I was like, all right, well, here we you are. You did that to yourself. <laughs> we did that to ourselves. I'll say this. Just one more point about jacked people is I think... There needs to be one rule and it will have an equalizing effect. And the rule is that Jack people simply are not legally, should not be legally allowed to have a sense of humor. Mm. Because I think the issue is when someone is jacked and then they will sort of post, uh, be self-aware about it and post a photo that's like, um, so I guess this is my personality now or something. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I can say that about you. <laughs> I know what you're saying. You're saying like the type that like makes a funny face while shirtless. Yes. Yeah. Or, or you're talking about people who are like genuinely jacked and funny. Like Mateo Lane is like very jacked and very funny. I guess, yeah. I mean, we are running into the Mateo Lane problem. <laughs> what happens if someone <laughs> is an actual stand up comedian who is jacked? <laughs> right. Well, there's also this new thing of like, re there's this new thing I realize of really hot, like conventionally attractive, straight guy comedian. It's like, it's like a, because for a while, oh, yeah. straight guy comedians were just like average looking to full on trolls. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But now there's this, this TikTok thing where these guys and they are I will say they are a lot of them are actually quite funny mm -hmm. you know what I mean but a lot of guys are like there are people who are like they they are they're like decent looking but their sense of humor gives them extra points like like Andrew what's his name Schultz is that his name oh yes yes like Andrew Schultz he's he's not gonna go he's no model but he's not a foot you know what I mean mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. fact that he has a sense of humor edges him over but there's this there are these comedians on TikTok who are like genuine like they look like fucking Abercrombie models and they are also genuinely hilarious and I'm like well this doesn't seem appropriate Some, something I think when Thanos snapped something <laughs> ruptured in the time space continuum yeah. and I just want to say like the way that you are not aware of sex in the city is how I feel about these hot straight TikTok comedians where I'm like I in order to protect myself I can't know about any of these people existing uh, yeah I, mean, I can't find their names I don't remember any of, any of their names but um they're they're out there. They they in these streets. I mean, I always say I literally got into comedy in order to meet schlubs, and I just can't um, exist in a world in which comedians are really really hot, especially the straight guys. You know. How do you think I feel about hot drag queens? How do you think I feel about drag queens who are hot out of drag? I'm like, this is where the trolls live. 
<laughs> we tro- we bald headed dad botted trolls who get to be the queen of the bar for one night. Yeah, this is where we reside. What are you doing? You like there's a big thing like in New York City where a lot of people were like, I'm a go go boy, but I'm also a drag queen. And I was like, well, just fucking can you not? But this is like <laughs> this is exactly what I'm saying with like not with um sort of like not being allowed to have a sense of humor. Like you can't because then they become self-aware about it and they're like, Yep, I'm the muscle queen. I'm the like, yeah, it's so lol. I like out of drag, I look like a construction worker, but then in drag, I'm fierce. Well, not just a construction worker, like a construction worker on a fucking like uh, calendar. Sure. I mean, not like an actual construction worker, which looks like gross and dirty, but like an Andrew Christian construction worker scene. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a Fifth Harmony um, backup dancer construction worker banging on the bulldozer. (laughs) We ain't got to go to work. work. Um, But yeah, but but also, you know, more power to them. Like, you know, shout out to all the the very conventionally attractive guys who decided to do drag and have become, you know, mega stars. Oh, in the yes. World of, shout of out drag. to those guys. Shout out to straight men doing drag. Shout out to, <laughs> you know, just everyone out there. Shout right? out to everyone. Shout out to, shout out everyone. to everyone. Shout out to well, people that Well, we've never mentioned have... it, but have yeah. we ever talked about the fact that the world's most successful drag queen is fully a straight man? I it's it so time. true. Yeah. The world's most successful drag queen is Tyler Perry. Oh. Like, <laughs> Like I who, really, I thought you like meant, yeah. Go ahead. Who do you think I meant? I thought you meant um, Dame Edna. Yes. <laughs> oh, wait, but but yes, it's so true about Tyler Perry. I wouldn't say the world's most successful. Dame Edna is very successful and is also a straight man. But Tyler Perry is a is a full on drag queen. Tyler Perry is fully doing drag. Every Tyler Perry movie is a RuPaul's Drag Race acting challenge. <laughs> but not just Tyler Perry. Like when you know when I mean. I'm sort of one of the only defenders of the movie Norbit. Norbit? I mean, I remember Norbit. Eddie Murphy's, when Eddie Murphy is in drag, it's like genius. Well, Eddie, well, this thing, this, I would say the difference between Eddie Murphy and Tyler Perry is that Eddie Murphy does drag from time to time. Tyler Perry's entire career, yeah, the whole crux of his career was centered around being in drag. Whereas Eddie Murphy did a lot of movies and did drag a couple of times, like mm-hmm. Nutty Professor and, and Norbit. Besides, I can't think of him doing it outside of Nutty Professor and Norbert. Wasn't no, I there, can't either. I guess it was just Nutty Professor and, of course, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. <laughs> the Clumps, yeah. Which actually was a good movie. It was a good movie. <laughs> and um, and it also, it was one of those movies that has, like, an original song that is not, that is way better than it has any right to be. It Janet Jackson, um, Doesn't Really Matter. The song Doesn't Really doesn't Matter is matter from, what the, oh, that's from, it's uh, from uh, The Clumps soundtrack. <laughs> Has anyone remembered um, when Dave Chappelle played a comedian who gets heckled and attacked, and then he actually was a comedian who was heckled and got attacked like 25 <laughs> years later? <laughs> oh, my he, God. In in The Professor, yes. uh, Eddie Murphy heckles Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. and then attacks him on stage. And then 25 years later, Dave Chappelle got heckled and tackled by while doing comedy. Well, the only thing left is for Eddie Murphy and Tyler Perry in drag to both come and tackle uh, Dave Chappelle while Dave he's Chappelle. on stage. Wow. That would be such a powerful statement. You better. And that reminds me of wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, we have to do our first Wait, segment. we are we are going to do wrestling. But, I, but it, is, it is like, it's not just Tyler Perry. It's like the if you zoom out from the gay world, the most iconic to Which most I, people. Which I really try not to yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Say. I actually can't the, or I'll die. The most iconic <laughs> drag performances to the average person in the world are all straight men. It's like Mrs. Doubtfire. It's Tyler Perry. 
it's um, Tootsie. Sure. Well, I think now, I think nowadays, if you ask people to name a, a drag queen, that almost everyone in America, at least, and the UK, and Espana, and Down Under, <laughs> right. and Mexico, and where else they have a franchise, we'll probably say RuPaul. RuPaul. Yeah. Because Ru- RuPaul is... As far as the the term drag queen, I would say the most recognizable person mm-hmm. in aso- to be associated with the term drag, even though I put it in my name, <laughs> <laughs> to try to get some of that. You know, one day, yeah. Bob, I think in a couple of years, you will be more famous than RuPaul. It's not like you just uh, uh, predicted RuPaul's death on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. That's- I was like, how many years, George? How many? <laughs> <laughs> like to the day. Yeah, truly. That was um, eerie. Um, Sam, should we do our first segment? I think we should do our first segment, right. actually. But before you do your segment, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, sure. Have you heard of this, this, like, this, like, these YouTube pages that like, predict like, the deaths of celebrities? No. And so it'll be like, it'll be like this, this YouTube page predicted Queen Elizabeth's death. And it'll be like, Queen Elizabeth dies on this day. And then they released the, then you'll see the video was released, but it is like, uh, but they're like, oh, it was uploaded. 15 years ago wait <laughs> so <laughs> so wait. how do the youtube channels themselves work is someone just predicting various different dates so that one of them is right i have a theory that someone just re- made 365 videos i see yes mm. and every year they just i mean they're, they're usually not made 15 years ago but someone just make a bunch of videos being like queen Elizabeth dies on this day this year and then at the beginning of the year just upload them all and then you just make one of them public when she dies. And when you make it public, it shows oh. when it was uploaded. Oh my God, we should oh. do that. Yeah, that could actually be huge for our numbers. Maybe every you'd single have episode. To, Whose you'd death have to change, should we predict? But you'd have to keep making that person's death yeah. every year. <laughs> Maybe, or you could do a couple in a row. You could, right. If you, like, if, if you yeah. want to pick someone old, I would. I, if you're gonna pick someone, you want to do someone old, or you want to get really wild and really like, because it's, it's always old people. It's, it's never like someone who like dies suddenly at a young exactly. age. You know of what I mean? Course, of course, right. yes. I would never pick you know Charlie XCX. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you, you, unless you're really interested in playing the long game. Yeah, yeah. yeah or if we want to actually murder her ourselves, and then we that can control really the narrative. <laughs> well, there's old people out there like uh, Morgan Freeman's not Morgan young. Morgan Freeman, that's a good one. Oh, that's true. Um, you know what I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but Anthony Hopkins. Oh, of Anthony course. Hopkins is not particularly young. James Earl Jones is not a spring chicken. Sure. Okay. We can start predicting right. some deaths. We okay. have options. Um, well, I think before we do our segment, I also want to say I'm loving how free flowing we're being. We're being so normal. I know, I know we're being I so ruined normal. your whole flow. I, you I did not. I barged, I barged in. You did no, a I perfect feel... job. And people actually are too respectful of our format, and it's meant to be disrespected. It's true. It's true. I just think a founding principle of this podcast is that um, we actually are not, uh, we don't care about the format at all. And so I think when people think we're taking it seriously, it it reads as insincere. And I yeah. felt, I, I'm glad that you could see through that. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, it, it does feel like it unlocked something. We've never, ever before just not done an intro. And I'm like, wow, did we ever, did we ever need one? Well, listeners will let us know, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess They're so. very vocal. They'll be storming the Capitol soon uh, to make their voices heard. <laughs> if we tell them, they'll do it. <laughs> uh, you the know power what? you have. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you, if you liked <laughs> or didn't like how this intro went, I want you to storm that Capitol, <laughs> and I want you to break in, and I want mm-hmm. you to do whatever the hell you want. And I, and, uh, and I want to say, you know, if you didn't like how it went, storm the Capitol. If you did like how it went, storm RuPaul's house. <laughs> RuPaul's Did you ranch. know that someone actually <laughs> shit on Nancy Pelosi's desk? 
You know that? Really? During the the yeah, insurrection? Yeah, during, during the insurrection, someone actually shit on I Nancy Pelosi's death. I, wait, I guess I remember hearing about that. I it seems like it should have been that. bigger news. But, you know, we hear so much. I truly, like, at this point, don't remember what is a joke and what is real. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We are both dealing with such different issues in our day-to-day lives. You have a full-time job in Los Angeles. You've had to uproot your home. You've had to, you have to figure out work-life balance. Meanwhile, I am a freelancer in New York City. How do I fit it all in one day? How do I create my own schedule? What am I, some boss lady in a film? You know, it's so hard. You have to be boss and employee. But you know what? We can't keep these things bottled up. You know, we need to let them out. That's right. People all carry around different stressors, both big and small. And when you bottle them up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I'll tell you something. Therapy in the past for me has been just a place where once a week I can tell someone what I'm thinking of in a safe and enclosed space where no one can enter and ask me to send an email because it is my time and it is my time for therapy. And everyone deserves that in all across this great nation. Yeah. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and hey, suited for your schedule. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Stradio today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Stradio. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What if Trump was gay? I well, like what if he what if he had the same personality but was it but was it like a liberal and was like like a, a like a, a just a really famous eccentric gay guy who ran for president got elected. I mean, it would all kind of click then. Like if he was liberal and gay and had this personality, it would actually make sense. He'd be iconic. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I sort of this is this is sort of how I feel about the George Santos thing, where I'm like, I'm like, yes, he's bad but gay guys should be allowed to lie <laughs> don't you think i'm sort of like yeah like oh, and, and I, gay should, guys i know do lie right oh, like to be oh, clear i don't lie. yeah i don't think you should be in congress like i don't think you should be in the government but i also don't think gay men generally should be punished for lying <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, if anything, it's like he's shown the flaws in our system, and actually exactly. we needed that. Like exactly. Thank, thank you for letting us know that we're that flawed. Yeah, he's Exposed. literally the, the court jester that exposes the the flaws of the entire system. Yeah, that's satire. That's commentary. That's, he is he is a satirist. <laughs> John Stewart found dead in a ditch. He's a satirist. I'm an Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius. I'm just uh, I do love that he has. There's nothing he can do about it. He has that sort of sour gay face. Mm-hmm. It's when like you cranky. see photos of him, like the little pouty lips. I know. I know that well, face. Are there any pouty? Let me see. What does he look like? Is Just Google George Santos. Every photo is what I'm talking about. He has gay <laughs> this, pouty face. Oh, oh yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> gay and pouty for sure. He's sort of yeah. like he. It's like what I look like right after a bartender speaks to me in a slightly, uh, you know, in a in a slightly disrespectful tone. I'm like, oh, hmm. When like, the bartender's like, hurry it up, honey. We got a lot exactly. of people. And I'm like, um, what? <laughs> I deserve. What do you want? What do you want? Vodka soda, right? Of course, vodka soda. Just take your vodka soda, faggot. Wow. Honestly, if you're in a bar, if you're in a gay bar, just make a bunch of vodka soda. Just let them pick them up and leave the money. It's gonna be my soda. The way that will make it easier for everyone. Just just line up, be like, and they're ascending order. This is all the way down here is Belvedere, and this is well. So just go line up by how poor you are, grab your drink, and just leave the money. I have always said, like, yes. After a certain hour, you should only be allowed to order like a vodka soda or a tequila soda. Like there should not be options. And the fact that you are making options is like insane to me. Like you're not going <laughs> to actually order like a Manhattan at when like at the club. Like everyone calm down. <laughs> yeah. Like no one over the age of 25 is ordering a Long Island iced tea. I yes. swear to God. I was at a, a, a divey, you know, gay bar a couple weeks ago. It took like 25 minutes to get to the point where I could place my order. And the person before me ordered a Mescal Negroni. No. That's insane. I was like, what do you think this is? Like, are you lost? Did you get lost? I'll have a Moscow mule. You're not at the Chateau Marmont, honey. You're <laughs> yeah. at fucking sweetheart. You're at, at Akbar. <laughs> you're literally at Akbar. <laughs> oh my like you're god. At, you're at Barracuda oh in Chelsea. God. You're you're not you're not at the Rainbow Room. Honey, no, it's insane. But See, I one, did a version of that joke for LA and a version for New York. And yeah, thank you so for that because you said Akbar, and I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, and, then, and then I was like, "Oh, I should do a New York City version." Yeah. Can I tell you a story? So Akbar, for anyone who doesn't know, is a gay bar in LA. I years ago, the first time I ever did a comedy show there, I had not spent a lot of time in LA, and I didn't know Akbar. I didn't know it was a gay bar, and I was just sort of I was like running late to the show, and I didn't take in my surroundings, and I just like went right straight to the back room where the comedy show was. So in my mind, it was just like a bar, and I start performing and I keep referencing in my jokes as though I'm talking to a room full of straight people. I'm like, you guys probably don't know this, like blah, blah, like, (laughs) oh, I'm the only gay guy in the room. Like I kept like doing references like that. And truly after my set, it, it, it sunk in that the entire time I had been performing at like one of the main gay bars in Los Angeles. (laughs) That is so funny. and, and, And I, and during the show, like I pointed to someone, I was like, sort of talked to her as though she was a straight woman. Then I looked at her with clear eyes after I got off stage, truly wearing like a flannel and ripped jeans, like so clearly a lesbian. <laughs> but you guys have probably never heard of this place, but it's called Fire Island. Yeah, so I was Fire doing Island. It. And people were looking at me with such blank stares. And of course, that was only reaffirming what I thought. I was like, oh, they don't even get gay humor because I'm like the only gay guy here. So there's True, these things of, called tops. I'm sure you guys don't know who Alaska Thunderfuck <laughs> is. Really like one of them. But in the gay experience. world, she's a big deal. <laughs> like we know. 
That is so. So there's this performer. Her name's Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you remember when Lady Gaga hit the scene? What a cr- like! Oh, well, how yes. old were you? I was like twenty two. You guys are a little bit younger than I am. Be I, I was the perfect. I was the I'm the perfect age to be a Lady Gaga fan. First of all, me and Lady Gaga are, are the same age. Lady Gaga is also thirty six years old. So I'm like literally the age where like when she was big. You all, unless you were in the clubs when Bad Romance came out, you will never understand the rush of hearing, whoa, and like everyone literally, I mean, we were screaming like she was in the club. No, it is true. We were screaming like she was there. And also during that period, it's like she could show up. Right. Oh, <laughs> it oh, wasn't yeah. out of the question that she would show up to Akbar to my comedy show at Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> there actually, there actually is, a, is a, a video of um this drag queen named Hecklina introducing Lady Gaga. Oh my God! Yes, of course. And she's like, but she also did. She was like, uh, give it up for like who? who? Lady <laughs> Lady Gaga. All right, give it up for some girl named Lady Gaga. I guess. Wow, I love that. No, I was in college and I still remember it being like. So I felt like so edgy being like, I'm going to put Lady Gaga on at the party and like being like, I don't care that there's frat guys here. Like they need to hear it. Like <laughs> it's really good music, actually. <laughs> you did it for the culture. I did yeah. it. I had to. I had to raise up her voice. OK, this is actually the longest we've gone without doing our first segment ever, which I think is a slay. Um, but I now I'm being a slave to the format and I wow, think we should do it. You are. But you know wow. what? Slave triggered. Wow. <laughs> your your check your privilege. Thank you for calling me in. Yeah. <laughs> calling me in. All right. Well, now that Sam has brought up slavery again, I guess we can start our, doing our first Now that segment. Sam has brought the show to a screeching halt with his blatant racism, <laughs> now we can continue the show. So, Bob, <sighs> our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in mm-hmm. this segment, we test your familiarity with and complicity in straight culture by giving you a series of rapid-fire questions where you have to pick this thing or that thing. Okay. And the one rule is you cannot ask any follow-up questions ever about how it works. And, do I have, and, I have, and it's a rap I have to be like uh, this or that? I think oh, I hear a oh. follow-up question. Is that a follow-up question? <laughs> Sam, take it away. Okay, Bob. Being short like a corgi or being hung like a horsey? <laughs> uh, hung like a horsey. Hmm. Okay, Bob. The World Cup or the world according to Garp? <laughs> the World Cup. Okay. Loki falling off or Loki on Disney Plus? <laughs> <laughs> Loki on Disney Plus. <laughs> Ordering a steak well done or tolerating a man because he's hung. <laughs> wow, two ordering a steak, Ordering a steak well done. Wow. Like and subscribe or catch and release? Like and subscribe. Catch up my like fishing. <laughs> green juice or baba ganoush? Um, well, green juice. Do you know the anti-Semitic hate crimes have gone up <laughs> over 300%? How dare you? Um, Make that 301. Green juice. <laughs> green juice. Coochie Coochie Coo or Goo Goo Gaga? Ooh. Mm. Okay, just side note, years ago there was an album of Lady Gaga songs released as lullabies called Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> no. <Nuh-uh. laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it is still on Spotify. It is called Goo Goo Gaga. And you can listen to Born This Way as a lullaby. So I'm going with Goo Goo Gaga. Wow. Wow. I love that. Um, Mayor of Easttown or Blair? of Gossip Girl. Mayor of Easttown. 
Wow. Because I never watched Gossip Girl. Wow. Yeah, me either, actually. And I've been pretending my whole life like I did. This is actually my coming out. Wow. I've never watched Gossip Girl. You're brave. You you and that kid from Stranger Things both came out the same <laughs> month. I'm so proud of both of you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, me and Noah, we're the same. We're the same age. Same the way credits. that Noah's coming out didn't make any news. We're all like, literally yeah, girl. yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> no you're actually that was like so actually radical that it didn't make a splash at all i was like oh i guess gay guys are just normal now wasn't he <laughs> also like i don't I, I wasn't he also like semi outed six months ago and he you know rightfully so was like not you know i'll do it on my own terms and then six months later was like well yeah so i am <laughs> i think his biggest <laughs> news was when he was in a fight with doja cat yes yes <laughs> Which that was an informal coming out. You don't get right. into a fight with Doja Cat and be straight. Well, yeah, you can't. It's also like way to bury the lead. Like you can't. It's more iconic to get in a fight with Doja Cat than it is to come out. Have you seen the clip of Doja Cat going, stop being a faggot? <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. It doesn't bother me. And I love it. I love it. I'm going to. That's my coming out. I love the clip of Doja Cat going, stop being a faggot. I mean, so she good. can say it. I think she's fine. I think everyone's <laughs> not everyone. But pop girlies can say it, of course. They've earned it. What? They give us so much. Not Katy Perry. Well, that's Katie. true. It would sound hateful from her. Yeah, she should not. It would sound say really it. hateful from her, actually. She like believe it, you know. Yeah, she probably did believe it at some point. Yeah. Do you remember when do you remember when um when um when Lady Gaga called her, called people um Oriental? Or yeah, no, whether you're from the in, Orient? Yeah, in a in song actually pretty the... recently that she still performs in full. I'm really surprised she hasn't like changed the lyrics yet. Stop being a faggot. Wait, hold on one more time. Stop being a faggot. Thank you. <laughs> Have you seen the clip of Tyra Bank going, get the fag off, off the TV. TV. I'm, I'm not, not watching, watching that. that. <laughs> You've seen that, Sam, right? No. No? No. This is... It's oh, just, come on. That's like wait, one of my favorite clips of all time. It, no, Tyra Bank saying, get the fag off the TV. I'm not watching that is probably the one of the most iconic... Oh my god, it's so good. What is that from? Like from so the Tyra I know Banks exactly show. what it's from. It is from the Tyra Banks show where she had members of the Westboro Baptist Church on. Yeah. And so they're talking about how they're homophobic. So then Tyra goes, So if a gay person comes up on TV, do you guys go, get the fag off the TV? I'm not watching that. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so there, there's a whole buildup where she's like, because they call her a fag enabler. They're like, yes. Well, you're a fag enabler. And she goes, well, if you don't like it so much, why would you watch? Because what happened was the, the girls were like, we were at home, we were sick with the flu, so we, we binge watched all of your show. And she goes, why, why did you binge watch Top Model? If you're so homophobic, I thought you'd say, get the fag off the TV. I'm not watching that. But she <laughs> split it up in a way. There's also a great, Kasha Davis has a song called Season Queen. But one part in the song, she says, kill yourself with love and light. But she separates so much that it, there's just a clip of her going, "Kill yourself." <laughs> okay, this is this is so iconic. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with this clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kill yourself. Oh my god! I'm gonna make that my alarm in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's really funny. <laughs> what? Is she trying to be funny? Why would she say that? No, because she's no. saying just kill yourself with love and kindness or whatever. But, but why would yeah. you ever want someone to kill yourself? Like, well, I mean, I think the let's listen to the full the full line. I need the context. Is, um, 
kill yourself with love, my with darling. With love, dear, my but, darling, dear. But there's so much space in between it. Just kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. We got to get Miss Kasha wow. Davis on. Um, oh, it would be my greatest honor. <laughs> and privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So Ooh. now, since now the topic, um, Bob, what have you um, brought to us today? I bring mirth and mm. no, um, <laughs> frankincense and mirth. <laughs> no, I bring. So when I was a child, I loved watching um, what was formerly known as the WWF, mm-hmm. now known as the WWE. So I'm bringing you professional wrestling. Professional wrestling as a straight topic. Yeah. Yes. Now many Which, have said we used because I used to be so, so they used to call it WWF. Yeah. But then um, they got sued by the World Wildlife Federation, so they had to change their name to WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. There's also a rival company called WCW World Championship Wrestling. Wrestling, but at the t- a while back, WWE purchased WCW, and now there's just one big you know wrestling thing. So. I sort of want to wrestling is something that we I've always been ambiently aware of and so often crosses over to mainstream culture. I mean, wasn't WWE is like where like The Rock came from, right? And yeah, like Dave but, Batista. But, yeah, Batista and uh, uh, John Cena. John Cena. Right. And so describe how it works. <laughs> so, <laughs> so wrestling is essentially long form improv. Stunt work, mm-hmm. storytelling, extreme costumes, fantasy, mm. um, drama, and absurdism. Wow. So, and just to, you know, I feel like if I were listening at home right now, I'd be screaming at my um, audio device saying, that sounds pretty gay to me. Yeah, I mean, wrestling <laughs> is inherently kind of gay. I mean, it's like th- there are some really great iconic wrestlers who really spoke to my gayness as a young, young child uh gold dust was a really great example and i I know you guys you guys don't know anything about wrestling Mm -mm. at all do you not even a little bit i feel like i have to uh, you all can follow along at home and like Mm -hmm. google these names as you as you hear them but i will will, now we have our okay wow this is literally a lesson bob is now sharing his screen and is now showing us each individual wrestler. Oh, okay. So, oh, so wow. this was Gold Dust. So Gold Dust was a wrestler named Dustin Rose, but it was pretty common for a wrestler to like leave and then come back as a completely different person. I mean, a completely different person. Like you wouldn't even acknowledge they were like that Dustin Rose was Gold Dust or that mm-hmm. or, or that Mick Foley was Dude Love, Cactus Jack and Mankind. You know what I mean? Wow. You would just not even acknowledge it. Um, so Dust Gold Dust was this ra- was this wrestler who was basically like kind of like I don't even know maybe I would say he was acting gay the whole bit but he was never gay because he had girlfriends he was kind of like Prince mm, like he okay. was like this extremely effeminate straight man mm-hmm. who was wrestling and that was his whole thing he did this ext- I mean tell me this is not got Mick tell me this is not. <laughs> Tell me I mean, this person oh, would wow, not be on that one. gorgeous. Tell me this this person would not be on uh, Dracula. So it's sort of. Uh, I mean, there's something sort of. Um, what's the villain in Star Wars in Phantom? Darth, oh, Darth, Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah, sort of like that, but but yellow, but then also draggy. I mean, he has chopped bangs. Yeah, Gold Dust was insane. Gold Dust was a really wild, revelatory moment for me as a young gay person watching 
wrestling, but this is him. This is him before. Like this is his dad. His dad was also a wrestler. So it was. It was this interesting. It was an interesting thing. But then you have also people. I. I was really emotionally. I was very emotionally attached to wrestling, as a young person. My my favorite wrestler was a wrestler named Mick Foley, um, who I was just obsessed with this guy mm-hmm. like oh sure not, i've he, seen this guy and he's not what you think you all think we want to show like some buff hot sure n- no mick foley was like a very kind of schleppy looking average run-of-the-mill guy but he really kind of was the everyman of the wwe he was like if i can do it you can do it he gave you the the thought to be like you know what if if, if mick foley can become one of the world's most famous like entertainment athletes this guy, yeah. then I could fucking do anything. And when he quit wrestling, I literally cried. I was <laughs> crying. Oh I was at home. I recorded it on VHS, and I would play it every morning before school and cry every morning before school. What wow. do you think it was? What do you think it was about it that that drew you that that was so emotional? Mick Foley leaving? Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Wrestling in general was it the? I mean, I'm. Obviously, you know, it, it is well known that that there are parallels between wrestling and drag. Was it that? Was it the fantasy play of it? Well, I think it's that you you get you get deeply invested in there. It was it was kind of like there was no social media back then, sure. but you every single week you get an update on these people's lives. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't just go to the stage and start wrestling. They would uh, do clips of them at home. They were never really at home. It was, it was mm-hmm. all you know scripted and, and, and improv. But it'd be like, oh, um, in this week's episode, it's not just like mankind fighting, you know, the Undertaker. It'd be like. The like mankind came out of nowhere and attacked the Undertaker in the middle of one of his matches. They have this rivalry. They've been they've been been going back and forth for like a year now, mm-hmm. and it finally builds up to this match called the Hell in the Cell. And like they had crazy backstories. Like Mick Foley was like Mrs. Foley's baby boy. They called mankind. He would uh, he was like left in a boiler room as a child and raised on like you know whatever like you know raised on whatever he could find and he came out in this like mask and he was like this like weird creature but he was also the underdog because the drag like drag uh wrestling had like underdogs it had heels it had like bad guys Mm -hmm. it has like you know average people everyone is represented in this crazy world of of wrestling and then you have this big fight where like the undertaker versus the mankind as if they would ever be physical equals when the undertaker is literally like seven foot two right and and man like but in this world you believe to yourself if mankind can fight the undertaker i can fight anyone i could stand up to anyone because mankind can stand up to the undertaker who's like the lord of the underwear he's a demon you know what i mean (laughs) And then, like, there was a match where there was the, one of the most famous matches in the history of um, WWF was when um, Undertaker and Mankind fought in the Hell in the Cell, and the Undertaker throws Mankind off of a like he throws him off of a like fifteen foot cell, and it was one of the I mean I can't even explain the electricity <laughs> that that went through my body watching this match because I didn't actually get to watch it in real time I, I had to watch it um, the next day. On like the the because there was no internet you couldn't go you couldn't even go look up clips you had to like see like highlights and stuff but this fucking match was insane you have to bear in mind I'm gonna describe what we're, we're watching here this is the Undertaker this man is like seven feet tall okay and then this is mankind who's like probably like 380 pounds probably six feet maybe six two wow. and they're on about, top of the they're on top of the yeah they're on top the, of the, 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 the cell the, the the cage in yes. an arena 
full of people. It is just electric. It is going wild. <laughs> and then they're like, they're crawling. They, by the way, these are m both massive men. Like both of them are humongous people. And then they finally get to the edge of the cell. And the, the when you think like it can't get any fucking crazier than this, the Undertaker is punching mankind. They're both wearing tights. It's so gay. And then <laughs> mm -hmm. look at this. Watch this part. This was insane. Wow. So, do you so then the Undertaker takes mankind, throws him off the cell to the ground, off like off this fifteen foot cell to the ground. It was just an. I'm trying to see where he lands. He just lands on the ground. He lands on top feet. of. He oh, lands table? on top of one of the uh, one of the announcers' tables. Oh, I yeah. There, see. There, there, there's like so many. There's this is like one of those one of those like really famous fights that everyone has like talked about and seen. I'm such a fucking nerd. Like I'm so nerdy in you know terms what? of when I it comes never, to wrestling. I've never understood how do they pick like because they're fake. They're like fake fighting. It's like a game. It's like a performance. Yeah. So the, so they are they are. It's like it's like it's like a dance. You know what I mean? But how it's, do they like pick who dance. wins? I think that I think it's like all I think it's all scripted for them. Like who wins is like decided. Oh yeah, I mean? there are writers. Yeah, we and know it, people Sam that have been writers for WWE. Really? Yeah. Because it helps it it helps advance the story. So like if someone has to win, someone has to lose. You know what I mean? Because it makes sense with next week's story. Of course. And then what goes on in the ring, they they'll choreograph it between themselves. So it, but it does take a lot of athleticism. Obviously, look at this man being thrown off the. You can see here a different view where you see Ooh. that he hits he hits the yeah. table. And it was, I remember being a kid being like, this is the craziest thing. So I, I listened to like tons of interviews. I'm not letting you guys talk at all. So sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I, I started listening to interviews about this and they were like, this was so crazy. Cause we were like, when I threw him off the ring, I was like, oh my God, is Mick, did, did, is he going to get up? Like, is he going to get up from being thrown off the top of this ring? Yeah. And then all the people rush over and they like, they get him and they like, they like gather him up and they put him on a stretcher. But then he's like, I'm not, I'm getting back up. So he gets, oh my God, I could Oh my God, cry. he gets back up on the top I, of the cell. I could cry. It was so <laughs> emotional as a kid. He gets off the stretcher and he's, it is so camp. It's so camp. And he's like, as he's like, he's fighting off the doctors and the referees. And he's like fighting back to get on that fucking cage. He's a big, 380 pound, like big man, like climbing. He's slipping as he's climbing up the fucking, up the, the, the hell in the cell. And then the craziest thing happens. Once he's back on top of the cell, he's on top of the cell. They're, this He's back on top. Okay. After he's thrown off run through him and the undertaker are back on top of the cell like fighting Undertaker goes for a choke slam which where he grabs him by the neck picked him up and slapped him to the ground look at this shit he picks him up throws him he goes through the ring oh. <laughs> through oh he goes so he goes through the top of the cell for anyone sort of following at home <laughs> yeah so he first he was thrown off the side now he's he, like the cell has now given he's thrown away. through the roof he goes through the roof of the cell. A chair lands and hits him on his face. I'm going to remind you, this is a 380-pound man going through the ring. The chair and falling his, on his back. And a chair hits him on the face. His tooth comes out. Oh, my God. <laughs> He, he also breaks a hole in his lip. He sticks his tongue through the hole. He's so, like, but then he still fights. Like, the, the match is still going on. 
You know, this kind of reminds me of like a jackass type of thing where it is just like we are being guys and we are like going to rough each other up and mm -hmm. it's going to be like, but it's like there's an element of trust. <laughs> I, I was about to, exactly. that. That's what's most gay about it is the, the sheer intimacy of deciding like we are in this together. I like can't believe the people that were fans of wrestling like growing up i always thought were like really really straight and they were honestly kind of intimidating to me because i was like wow those guys are like hard like they're wearing the like merch and the merch kind of looks like scary to me as a child and like i was always like that must be like the straightest thing and i'm seeing it now and i'm like this is insane yeah yeah when you watch it back you realize it is the it is wrestling is indeed the gayest thing there is they're also doing such sort of, I mean, the choreography, I'm not saying choreography like in a metaphorical way. It literally looks like dance choreography, what they're doing. I mean, like also describe what you're seeing for people who can't see. Well, like, now they're just full on embracing each other and almost making out. <laughs> <laughs> like men in tights, jumping up and down, holding each other, crying, laughing, celebrating. <laughs> And I got to say, I, something that sort of was alienating growing up was that the the way there, there's like one woman and she's wearing a skimpy outfit and she's like holding a little sign. And it's almost like, oh, she, you know, she's being objectified for a male audience. But then when you reframe it as gay, you're like, oh, she's their Lady Gaga and they're all gay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I get her role. She's yeah. Now, and, and actually, I find it empowering. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a, a really great wrestler named China. China was like the 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 biggest lady in terms of um wrestling. She was like no one was no one was more like powerful and intense as China. And China's whole thing was that she was a very very strong woman. She was like she oh, was yes. like her whole thing is she was like the the world's strongest woman. So she would like beat the other women up. Like all the other women like just never stood a chance against China because she was just so fucking strong she was just like a diesel woman you know what i mean and the but, other one would try to stand up to china but they could they never could because she was just too too strong oh my god okay my one question <laughs> follow-up question about wrestling what were the politics of wrestling in when you were watching them as a kid so back in the day wrestling was relatively apolitical Wrestling is now kind of Republican. That's um, what I was I assumed, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, it was pretty apolitical back then, but also Vince McMahon, who's the owner of the WWE, ended up working for the Trump administration. He was like one of Trump's right. advisors. Yes, I remember oh. Yeah. But then also a lot also Donald Trump I don't know if you guys know this. Donald Trump used to perform in, in the WWF. Of course. That right, famously. right, right. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Which is insane. Um yeah, yeah, Donald Trump used to perform in the WWF and do like there are like videos of Donald Trump like shaving people's heads, mm -hmm. uh, getting hit with chairs, <laughs> like. Well, wouldn't like, he also sort of play the character? I mean, that's he played where, himself. Yeah, he played himself, but it's sort of like I think it was, if I remember correctly, like a big avenue in which he built up this mythology because he was playing like the rich billionaire. Yeah, the his whole. Man. Yeah, his whole thing was that he was like Donald Trump. The the ex I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that this person that you're about to watch was once the president of the United States of America. Like, imagine a video where like where like Bill Clinton runs down to the middle of an arena and punches out a, another billionaire. Like, try to imagine. <laughs> oh my God, this is he's like tackling. Oh my God! It's like, wait, so that's he, actually him. That's that him. is that is actual former president Donald Trump. So basically, he ran into the arena, lit, tackled another man in a suit, and started this punching man. Him. 
Yeah, and so and started like, <laughs> like it. This this is the multiverse of madness. Yeah, this, this is this is truly the multiverse of madness. When you think about all the crazy stuff that went on, and and then and then Donald. Oh my Trump god! Now he's now, shaving his head. You're right. Now Donald Trump is shaving Vince McMahon's head in the middle of the ring because they were arguing over who's like the best billionaire, basically. Wow, this is fucking wow. insane. Isn't this the stuff that went on in wrestling? I don't think people even know how crazy it was. It it goes all the way down from involving like people who are like now dead to people who yeah. are like strung out on crack to literal former presidents of the United States of America or future presidents of the United States of America. <laughs> like the multiverse of the WWF WWE is truly insane. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. It does kind of sully it later in life when you realize that, like, a lot of these guys are, like, Trumpers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's, like, again, it bleeds into the real world. Like, it's difficult. I think you have to have a really good sort of head on your shoulders to, like, watch this repeatedly and not be a little bit tempted to take it as reality. Or not, like, if you see Trump going in the ring and winning, not be like, oh, he's actually kind of cool. Well, that was the fun of it. That as yeah. a as a, especially as a young, I was very young watching this. Deep down, I knew that it wasn't real. Yeah, I knew it wasn't real, but it had to be real. Yeah, for me to enjoy it, it had to be real for me to have fun with it. And they never back then they never broke the fourth wall. They never told you it was fake. Now a lot of the now a lot of wrestlers are like, yeah, it's fake. It's like it's like a whole thing. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure, it's totally fake. But back then that wasn't the case. It was it was really how mm -hmm. they like. They played it up as if it was real because they weren't doing they weren't doing other movies and they weren't they you know there were a few Andre the Giant did like uh, I think like some version of some movie Princess Diary no 
uh, what was the movie? Andre the Giant did, I can't remember. So there were a few wrestlers back then who were doing a few movies, but not like The Rock, who is like now the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Yeah. Right. And Batista and, and John Cena, who are like massive, massive movie stars. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you see a, do you see a parallel between what we're talking about in terms of how in terms of people misunderstanding how much of it is real do you see a parallel between that and the way people watch drag race thank you great question (laughs) well i think there's a different thing there because like not everyone on drag race is playing a character right you know you have people who do characters but also let the characters go like people like uh katya who's like i'm a russian hooker um, but she's really just a hooker from Boston. I'm kidding. No, she, <laughs> no, she's like, I'm a Russian hooker, but then she drops the accent sometimes. Yeah. But then people like Trixie, who's like doing this like larger, like I'm a Barbie doll, larger than life Barbie type thing. You know what I mean? But I, but I'm also someone, I don't have a character in drag. I don't do like a thing. I don't have like a bit that I do. Sure. I don't have a voice that I change into. Um, but then again, also I know Trixie and she does love Barbies. Like that is also part of her real life like her obsession with barbie dolls and toys and and pink mm-hmm. you know what i mean so it it is it can be hard to distinguish the difference sometimes from what what is like what is the fantasy and what is real right yeah i even feel like in the like drama of it i'm sort of like i feel like some people are like this is real those people hate each other like that's a bad person right exactly and some or people I are could, able to like yeah. look at it and be like no that's like how it's invented for tv well, but. yes and no, because as someone who has argued on reality TV, like there is no one there like making me argue. There's no producer under the table, you know, the legendary producer on the table yelling, call her a bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I called her a bitch because I wanted to call her a bitch. Like I, right. did, I didn't need any prompting to argue. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And a lot of us argue outside of drag race. We argue on tour and there's no producers hiding under the table. We argue on Twitter. <laughs> we, we, you know what I mean and there's sure. no producers on Twitter making us argue like it's just because you're in a really high stakes situation you you don't have a lot of sleep you're hopped up on a Red Bull mm-hmm. you are paranoid you think you think you're gonna leave at any moment and you think that when you leave your, your world's crashing down and bitch when RuPaul says time to lip sync for your life it really feels like life and death when you're there everyone's in the bar like lip sync for your life it is fun <laughs> when you're there it's not fun it feels like if I go home tonight I might as well. I, I, I'm gonna like. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take Kasha Davis's advice. Kill <laughs> <Hail> yourself. <laughs> like, like that's how it feels yeah. in the moment. You know what I mean? And sure, then you get home. Sure. You're like, I guess it really wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I think we. Wow. I think we should do our final seg. Yeah, I think we have to. I mean, I truly could could, could keep talking for hours, but I think. I think you're right. The sun's okay. going down. <laughs> sun is literally going down. The sun is setting. Um, in LA, baby, it's 140. <laughs> See you at Damn. Akbar. See I'm doing my far. game material. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there in six hours. Um, we uh, So, Bob, our final segment is called Shoutouts. And in homage to the classic straight tradition, we just give a shout-out to anything that we are enjoying. You know, imagine it's 2001, you're at TRL, and you're shouting out to your squad back home about whatever you like. Mm-hmm. And, George, do you have one? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I don't off the top of my head. Actually, you know what? I could. I have one that I could do. Love that. Go for it. Okay. Um, what's up, freaks and losers and everybody out there, everybody in all the land from coast to coast, and don't forget the middle parts. I want to give a shout out to ordering a soda and bitters at the bar. As everyone knows, my New Year's resolution, which I have only um, not followed a couple of times in the nine days of this new year, is to not drink on weekdays. 
And at first I was like, how am I gonna get through this? What am I gonna do, drink water? But let me tell you something, when you order a soda with bitters, it has a nice pinkish color. You feel like you're drinking something with flavor and you wake up the next day and you don't feel like you're ready to throw up in your bathroom. So get out there, order a soda and bitters, and while you're at it, maybe order an athletic brewing company, non-alcoholic beer. Because guess what? Those are kind of a sleigh as well. Woo! Okay, um, this one is based on our previous conversation. What's up, freaks, losers, and perverts all around the globe? I want to give a huge shout out to either Sugar or Spice, whoever said the thing that said that was, there's two types of people in this world. You're either a porch person or a bike riding person. I'm oh, yeah. both. When I heard that, I said, these people are potentially a new level of dumb that is admirable. And finally... <laughs> Bringing, bringing um, authenticity back yes. to our United yes. States of America. Yes. I feel like someone is living out loud for once. I hope to God I'm not annoyed at them. But right now I say, let them say whatever stupid shit they want to say. And I'm feeling empowered by it. I'm going to say what's on my mind because of sugar and spice. Wow, we are back. Wow. And it is another season of gay wrestling. Woo! I, you are so right. You know what? There's something so beautiful about about a, a statement being dumb in a unique new way. Yes. To say there are two kinds of people, porch people and bicycling people. <laughs> and I'm both. And I'm both. That's like, that's you, I wish I could write like genius. that. That's genius. Well, I don't know if you guys know this, but years ago, Britney Spears said there's only two types of people in this mm, world. Yes. Do you know which one they are? No. Uh, this is from Circus, right? Yeah, There's the one that the put ones, on shows and the ones, and that, the observe. ones that observe. Yes. And baby, I'm a put on a show kind of girl. <laughs> yes. I mean, okay? But then again, but to be fair, I like to watch shows and I like to go to, sh I like to put on shows and I love to go watch them too. So Brittany, what's real, Brittany? What is true, Brittany? <laughs> Are there two types of people? Brittany, I'm both. Yeah, Brittany, that, Brittany was doing some, you know, she's it's very sort of bi erasure. Well, sorry, <laughs> I, I misquoted. The, the fans are going to kill me. I need to read. I need to read. Uh, the quote is, there's only two types of people in the world, the ones who entertain and the ones who observe. Yes. That's and baby, I'm a put on a show, show kind of girl. girl. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I do want to say one more thing in terms of dumb statements that have been revelatory to me and then and then. Uh, and then I'll stop talking, which is that in one of the ads they play on Drag Race, this is for a show that's either on MTV or BET, one of the Paramount channels. I know what you're going to say. Yes. It's <laughs> it's about being in college. And so there's a confessional where one of the con one of the contestants or one of the participants goes, and this is a direct quote, college is very much giving you go to class. <laughs> No, and I heard me, that line and I was like, this is so genius. College is very, very much, much giving, giving you go, to, go class. to class. Honestly, she It is she a ate. beautiful sentence. She ate. She ate. No Like, crumbs. where's the lie? <laughs> just like that, just like that guy at the hot dog eating contest who swallowed 90,000 hot dogs in a minute. That one, like, buff <laughs> Japanese guy. Yeah. She ate, honey. She ate. <laughs> no why are the hot dog? Why are the hot dog, like, Competition guys who like are the best are always like so ripped. Have you noticed this? Something's off. Well, I think in order to like survive, you have to also, you know, really have an insane metabolism. Yes, and exactly. work out a lot. 
Hello everyone, it is me, Bob the Drag Queen, and I want to send a major shout out to all of you listening today to Stradio Lab Podcast. I'm so glad you tuned in today on this cool, cool, cool Monday morning <laughs> on from coast to coast, from sea to shining sea. I'm just doing it the way you guys did it because I see what yeah, you guys please. do like that. Um, I want to give a big shout out to all those people out there making TikTok documentaries. I love these little one minute deep dives on TikTok because it has all the stuff I want from a documentary, which is the information crammed into a minute. And then I realized the other documentaries are just exposition. It's all establishing shots. We don't need to see the subject sitting down and putting on their microphone. I don't need that. I just want the information. So thank you so much to all of you making those wonderful green screen TikTok documentaries. Woo! Wow. Bob said, I don't want to see that. <laughs> another iconic brilliant i don't want to see that oh my god i mean put her in the wwe ring. can i tell you right now that oh my god y'all i when i just dis- i discovered the comeback during the um during the panda replay mm-hmm. right oh yeah mm-hmm. i i rewatched it during the pandemic too it's i watched yeah. the entire first season this the comeback is one of the best shows that's ever been on tv it's easily easily and the uh, and just just so I get the the what makes it so phenomenal the first and second season are 10 like 10 years apart mm-hmm. like the show got canceled and then once streaming services came out people were became obsessed with it and everyone started buying the show i mean watching the show and they released the second season that last scene in that fucking second season fucked me up it's an incredible show it's honestly devastating. And it's also it's ahead of its time. Like, yeah. the first season was ahead of its time. Obviously, everyone knows that. But then even the idea of rebooting it was ahead of its time. And still too ahead of its time to get, like, to get like a big enough audience. Lisa Kudrow, it, I know everyone's going to say it's Friends. The comeback is Lisa Kudrow's best work. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. She solidifies herself as a brilliant actor, a wonderful, like, improv artist, a comedian. Like, she... Lisa Kudrow was in her fucking bag when she when, when she said, "Well, I got it." <laughs> I mean, nothing. You can't better. use that. You can't use that. <laughs> um. Wow. Well, wow. Bob, thank you so much for doing this. This podcast. was an absolute delight. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, and I hope that you all got some good stuff out of this. Uh, Pottyana. Oh my God, I am so, I also, I'm excited to go look up more YouTube videos of wrestlers. Perhaps light a candle. <laughs> Listen, I'm honestly, I might want to, I, I wish I could find all the wrestling in order because I might want to go back and start watching it again. Like it was just brilliant. It was brilliant. All right. It was brilliant. You heard it here first. I'm going to say it now. It, it might be though, because like I didn't grow up watching Disney Channel shows. So when I go back and watch like Vessel Raven, I'm like, guys, this is bad acting and it's not good writing. But everyone's like, no, but you had to be there. Yeah. So wrestling might be a you had to be there kind of thing. So I don't know. I mean, listen, I enjoyed it when I watched it today in a, in a Zoom shared screen. So I can't even imagine how much I would have liked it if I was actually there. Imagine, honey. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, another pod in the tank. Bob, see you in the ring. <laughs> See ya. Oh my God. Will you guys join my if 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 I do a, a a wrestling night, will you all join us? I it would be our greatest honor. You have to wrestle each other. I I will happily I will happily uh, follow whatever narrative you decide to write. I will be <laughs> uh, defeated by Sam if you want. I will uh, <laughs> you know tackle Sam. 
I wonder if I did a night, can I get like got Mick and Violet to fight each other? I wonder. Oh my god, that would be my the greatest. The way that they would do it, I feel like in a heartbeat. And and, and actually it would be huge. Yeah. And honestly, call MTV, because this could uh <laughs> I just want to say this is kind of the the only thing like this is the next frontier. I it's think, the next is step. Getting, is getting drag uh, you know, drag race girls together for a uh wrestling tour. Right? Would be huge, actually. I mean, I'm texting Guy Mick right now. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to find out. I'll let you all know. All right. Perfect. Thank you all for your time. All right. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.